welcome to Universal After Dark, a universal podcast that's not the same as all the others. Right, now, this is going to be a weird one because this is going to be a kind of Universal After Dark, Pod After Dark, um, Pop After Dark even, Jesus, I've only had two buds, um, kind of episode, which we're going to throw out there, where we discuss Jurassic World uh, Fallen Kingdom, aka Jurassic World 2. Because both myself and my esteemed colleague, Mr. Ripley, have seen this movie. Yes, we have. Now, what is shocking to Mr. Ripley about this, what I said about <laughs> recording the episode now, is the fact that he thought that um, it had already been released in America. Well, they always get everything first. Exactly. But to make up for things, they are getting Ant-Man and the Wasp about a month before we do. And The Incredibles <laughs> came out already. Yeah, so, what well, Incredibles two? I, I I listened. I listened to everyone that did after dark. Raise an octave, just because you know <laughs> I don't like I don't like Incredibles that much. You know what? It's it's I I like the Incredibles, but a film that I don't get my head around with with people's love for it is Ratatouille. Like people think it's a masterpiece. I I can't yeah. get my head around that at all. It's, it's all right, isn't it? It's bang average. Like it's it's not terrible, but it's not like a masterpiece. But people bang on about it like it's some incredible piece of work. I mean, it's a, a rat that controls a human as a puppet by pulling their hair. The whole thing's ludicrous. Anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Jurassic World. Um, now, before we start Jurassic World Two, Jurassic World is obviously the start of this franchise. This this new franchise, right? Um, now I went back and watched Jurassic World before seeing this new one and that was the first time I'd seen it in probably about a year and a half wait what did you watch Jurassic Jurassic World oh right okay Jurassic World I watched Jurassic Park right okay as my pre-game okay okay um and I've got to say like when I watched Jurassic World I really enjoyed it and when I've watched it again it's good but it suffers from what I consider to be the False Awakens Syndrome, which is quite funny because it came out in the first year, in which it's kind of like a Greatest Hits or a mm-hmm. remix of the first film. Well, I watched the Jurassic Park original uh, a few days ago, yeah. and do you know what really struck me? Other than the fact that it's, it's basically a... a uh, a re uh, what's the word they use what do they call it when they um, like the new Batman franchise it's a re not a rehash it's a uh, reimagining re- yeah but Jurassic Park is a bit like a reimagining of Jaws it's got all like the same sort of elements in it it's just like a almost better version like Spielberg was trying to improve on something which yeah. is directors have done that through you know Hitchcock remade his films umpteen times so it is a you know it is a thing but what was really striking about Jurassic Park was how it actually terrible the acting is in that film everybody overacts oh yeah I mean I mean Jeff Goldblum overacts in everything anyway and I love him for it but <laughs> everyone else in it I mean John Hammond's terrible oh like Dickie Attenborough is... he starts off like oh, hello I'm John Hammond and then at the end of the film he's like oh cool blimey governor I bet him play now and then <laughs> alright Jonesy <laughs> and then but he also like I think he's supposed to be Scottish because at times in the film he's Scottish it says in the script he's meant to be Scottish, yeah. Right, so there are times in the film he does sound mm-hmm. Scottish, but either mm-hmm. way, you know, I've not seen an accent that bad since Michael Fassbender in the first X-Men uh, reboot. 
where he's Magneto goes from English to American to Irish. Oh, it's, it, like once I noticed it, I can't un- unsee it, and yeah. it's the same with him in this film. So I get you, but I tell you what, when I because I I haven't watched Jurassic Park in for a while, but mm. I watched it about a year or so ago when I bought the 3D um, version they they did, and what struck out not like, literally because I was watching 3D, but mm. um, was just how good I thought the actual dinosaurs were. Yeah, they I are. think the effects hold up incredibly well, much more than they have in in the other films, including the new ones as well. Yeah, um, but I know what you mean about that that Jaws thing, and I mean I don't know if you've ever read the original book, but I mean you can see where it takes inspiration from. But you know the first, the, the actual book of Jurassic Park, the novel it was based on, is is quite a different film to to what Spielberg made. Yeah, I haven't read it. Yeah, I mean, I've not read it in like twenty odd years, um, but it was a lot more violent. For example, I mean, you know, I think with this, he tried to make a kiddie friendly version of Jaws in in, in some ways. Yeah, so I, I think agree you're, with that. I think yeah. you're kind of spot on with with you saying about the the similarities. So mm. going into Jurassic World, I'd seen a couple of trailers, mm-hmm. and the first trailer I wasn't that impressed with. The second one, I thought was quite good but what was very apparent upon watching the film was how much it actually ruined so my advice anyone going to see it that hasn't seen any trailers don't watch them before you go don't try and use those as like a jogger to what might you know you might be expecting because it will spoil the film in my opinion um well i hadn't seen all the trailers i don't think for Jurassic. we're talking about Jurassic world 2 now yeah 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 yeah, I haven't seen all of them. When I was on holiday last year in Hawaii, they were filming this. So this is, so I was there with them when they were filming the island scene. So I'm kind of like wanted to see the film more so because I'd actually witnessed witnessed them filming it. Yeah. And secondly, because you know I remember going to the cinema and watching the original Jurassic Park. What what was we ten nine something like that? Ninety three. I mean, so I'd have been, yeah, it's about ten. Yeah. Away, yeah. So we we were. I mean, I was terrified. I mean, I remember getting my coat at one point and putting it over my head. <laughs> Um, but when you say about spoilers, I was saying, I spoke to, I don't I told this story. I may have told this story. I don't know, but I was talking to a security guard in Hawaii. Have I said this story? Well, even if you have, it was uh, at least a year ago. So okay. let's we didn't know it. Well, I said to this security, I said, uh, so, uh, this, uh, Jurassic World 2 then. Yeah. 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 I said, uh, what's, what's the storyline? So you're talking spoilers here. And he went, <laughs> he said, uh, in American accent, he went, well, you know, there's this volcano and it erupts, and they got to go back to the island to save the dinosaurs. I was like, oh, okay, like that is it. So I walked off, spoke to the wife. I said, yeah, see this security guards? I tell you, any old shit. <laughs> Little did I know that that very, very poor premise would actually be the premise of the whole bloody film. Yeah. So this is going to be spoiler territory, but by this point that this episode comes out, it's been out for. A few, almost two weeks in the UK and the rest of the world, and it's only the US and a few markets. It's going to be opening up uh, later this week. I think it's the twenty second. It comes out, and the reason for that is because, and and also the reason why we're getting films like The Incredible, not The Incredibles, The Incredibles are getting late because of school holidays. Um, but the reason we're getting Ant Man and the Wasp uh, in August rather than July is because it's the World Cup. Oh. And notoriously, attendance for films during the World Cup is lower 
um, than when a World Cup is on. So, and, and not forgetting that Disney has completely rinsed our wallets this year. Well, that as well. I mean, not yours. You didn't go and see Solo. But generally, yes, that is also the case. And the fact that um, in August in the UK, we get Ant-Man and the Wasp, I think, on the 2nd or 3rd of August. And then two weeks later, we get Christopher Robin. Oh. So, again, um, you know, that's going to be a, a busy month for people that don't have a cinema pass. I don't know if I mentioned it before. Apparently, I mentioned it quite a lot. Um, Who I was named after. Yes, it's true. <laughs> of course. Um, so, <laughs> so with this film, so I went to see it opening day. You saw it a few days ago, so it's been yeah. for about a week by this point. And I hadn't—I I said to you before we started recording—I've not been able to speak to people about it. One, I don't like to talk about spoilers too too openly with mm. recently released films, but also I don't know anyone else that's seen it. Um, and even my wife my wife was supposed to go and see it the other day and she went you know what I'm not actually that bothered about seeing it at the cinema and she liked Jurassic World and she likes the series um, I'm just going to wait for it to come out at home and I'll watch it there and I was like hmm and I think that's quite telling because mm. it's done well but it doesn't it's not done I don't think it's done as well as you would expect of a summer blockbuster and it'll be interesting to see what happens when it comes out uh, in America because that is still what people use really as a as a barometer. Do um, people think to themselves, did this film need a sequel? Uh, is that what's stopping them? Do you think? Do you think they they've done everything? Why do we need a sequel? Well, or? that I mean, I think that's why Solo did so badly. I mean, there was two yeah. reasons. One, it followed The Last Jedi, which is a film that really split the, the fan base up and, and brought it out to be its most toxic. Um, and also, it came so soon after um, The Last Jedi had come out. Mm. Um, usually, you know, when Star Wars, before Disney owned Star Wars, you would wait um, when a series was going about two years between films, and when a series wasn't going, about 20 years between films. So... Um, you know, for there to be a Star Wars film, you know, not even six months after the last one, I think is a bit overkill, and I think mm. they're, they're going to learn their lesson from that. With this, um, and we've talked about this on Universal after that before. Universal don't really have many franchises. You know, they've got the Bourne franchise, which is kind of a bit meh at this moment in time. <laughs> um, you've got the Fast and Furious, which is its only proper successful franchise other than mm. Jurassic World, which was a much bigger hit. Let's let's no bones about it. Jurassic World was a much bigger hit than they were expecting. It was going to be their big summer release, but it did big numbers, bigger than I think they were anticipating, and so they fast oh, yeah. tracked two and three because of that. Um, so as I said, there are going to be spoilers because we have to talk about spoilers, and we've already talked about the fact that the initial premise is. It's set on you know the island that Jurassic World was on uh, had a volcano. Why we never knew this in the first place, God only knows. And what would have happened if Jurassic World didn't happen? Like you know, if that film didn't happen and that disaster not happened, what would have then happened? Because the volcano still would have been there. Mm. You know, that's true. I mean, why would you build a multi-million-dollar park with a volcano on the island? Yeah. Actually, what do they do with Tokyo Disney? 
Anyway. Um, <laughs> is there one near there or something? I'm sure there's one there. I know it's earthquake territory because I had an earthquake. Anyway. Um, so my, my initial thought on this film when I came out was I, I actually enjoyed it. Your initial reaction on coming out of this film was? Well, the storyline about weaponizing dinosaurs had been around since they wanted to make Jurassic Park 4. Correct, yeah. And it didn't get put in production then because it wasn't good enough. Then when they wanted to restart the series again, uh, they brought that storyline back and they worked on it for a long time, I believe. Then they said, no, it's still not good enough. That's when they went with the Jurassic World route and obviously that was successful. And then they bring like a... You know, I used the analogy to you the other day, like, you know, you find an old pizza box under the sofa that's been there for two years and you get the pizza out and you go, ah, fuck it, I'll eat it. You know, (laughs) why? You know, I mean, did they spend a lot of money developing this and they feel like they need to get their money's worth? I mean, why did they have to go with this storyline? So, I mean, one thing I do want to point out here as well is that the director of Jurassic World was a man called uh, Colin Trevelow. Mm. That's how you pronounce it, I don't know. So I, I think so. It. Anyway, it was his film. Because of how successful Jurassic World was, he was then asked to make uh, Star Wars Episode Nine, And I'm he was going to direct Episode Nine. Oh, right, okay, yeah. So that was the one after The Last Jedi. The, the last of this series of films, right, before they spin it off into new characters and stuff, right? So he was going to direct that. Then he directed the film last year, called Book of Something that was a complete commercial flop and critical flop and they parted ways soon afterwards now the reason he didn't direct Jurassic World 2 was because of this however uh, he was remaining to contribute story ideas and possibly come back to Jurassic World 3 which he now is doing because he's suddenly got this space free in his diary so he was very involved with the writing of this film. Now, I know you don't like J.J. Abrams. <laughs> oh, don't get and me he's obviously on going back, back, And he's obviously going back to uh, episode nine. But whatever happens with episode nine, however good or bad it could be, it was almost directed by the person who directed Jurassic World and has written Jurassic World 2 and Jurassic World 3. So just, just let that <laughs> sink in for a little bit. No matter how much a hatred for Abrams may be, Okay. It could even be worse. So it's like voting for a turd or a giant douche. That's correct. A bit like <laughs> British politics, really. So, um, <laughs> so as you said, the storyline in this is that there was this. Now, you just watched Jurassic Park. There was mm. no mention of this creative partner of John Hammond's, was there? Oh, there was no, not only was there no mention of a pissing volcano they, they completely rewrote the bloody history in this film of some co-partner that helped build the bloody park where it's where it's bloody cromwell doing his stupid bloody dick van dyke impression <laughs> and he's british as well isn't he no he's Is american. american oh god i had to go up an octave to enforce that as well <laughs> So, the storyline with this film is that there was this person who, like, we always thought John Hammond was the one that cloned the DNA or discovered this technology and cloned the DNA and made the dinosaurs and blah, blah, blah. And it turned out there was this, this other person who was doing it with him and they drifted apart before Jurassic Park originally opened. Or was going to open, obviously never did open, um, to the public. So, 
but there has been no mention of this person at all. And his personal assistant is a British actor for hire, Ralph Spall, who is only second, I think, to um, oh, Domhnall Gleeson in appearing in films at the moment. Yeah, he is everywhere. He's usually yeah. playing a bad guy as well. Yeah, yeah. So me, you're like, oh, I can see how this is going to turn out. Um, so he's his personal assistant. So it, it turns out that this this guy was a philanthropist and um, you know created all these dinosaurs initially with John Hammond, and um, they want to save as many dinosaurs as possible because they feel that that is the moral thing to do. They've brought life to these creatures, and they shouldn't just let them die. Um, I think is her name Claire. The character played by Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, I think her name's Claire. I think so, yeah. yeah. So she's gone from somebody not caring about anything at all to being this animal, sorry, <laughs> dinosaur rights activist for this charity. <laughs> Complete 180 from the last film. Okay, fine. You know, we get that. Stuff changes, I get Can it. Can I right? give you an a, um, incredible... Um... Uh, insight into her uh, where they filmed the uh, office of where their animal rights group is. Go on. Was was in downtown Slough, not far from where they shot Superman 4. Because <laughs> literally, this is not a joke, Jurassic World was mostly filmed in London, hmm. Jurassic World 2, with some shots in Hawaii. That's it. Right, and I think we can all so, guess, guess what that was as well. Yeah, what's filmed in Hawaii? Um, so this guy wants to. She wants to save the dinosaurs, and uh, the government basically turn around and say we're not interested. And then uh, Ralph Spool's character reaches out, fire this person to say, "Look, we want to do this this rescue mission. We want to rescue as many dinosaurs as possible. But there's one dinosaur we know we can't get, which is a Velociraptor. So you were going to have to get back Chris Pratt." Now, just before we talk about that quickly, can I just say the bit where the government decides not to help mm-hmm. is the bit basically where Jeff Goldblum is in the film. Now, isn't it a bit of a letdown of how they use him in this film? Oh my God, it is by far my biggest letdown. Because mm. bear in mind, I mean, have you seen Thor Ragnarok yet? Yes, I have. I yeah. mean, he's outstanding in that. He is, yeah, yeah. And is. I know Jeff Goldblum is Jeff Goldblum, but there is not enough in my opinion, Jeff Goldblum in anything. Yeah. He's like the acting equivalent of melted cheese. It deserves to be on everything. Yeah. And go heavy on it if you want to. Um, He's not in enough films. So to see him in that trailer and obviously knowing he was such an integral part of the first Jurassic Park, I was like, excellent, they brought him back. That's great. But like you say, he's in that film for like two minutes. He's I know. Like all the press tours and everything like that, and he's in the film for like two minutes. I thought he would have some kind of twist or yeah. he would have some kind of bigger role in it because mm-hmm. in the trailer, he's like, the film is based around him. And also, if you look at all their marketing, as well as all of their marketing they're doing with the Jeep company, mm-hmm. it's all Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like they think that the, the main actors in this film have no charisma, <laughs> which we'll get on to later. So... Um, Anyway, so they basically need... Uh, I think his name is Nick Owen. No. He used to present with Van Diamond, didn't he? No. <laughs> Owen. His character's called Owen. Owen Nick? I don't know. Anyway, oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Chris Pratt's character. Um, you know, Chris Pratt... 
and I love Chris Pratt, right? But Chris Pratt in Hollywood films is pretty much the same in every film he's in. You know, I was just about to say that. The problem Chris Pratt's got is he could have been Star-Lord in this film for all I could see the difference. Uh, He was. He just didn't wear the mask. Well, this is the thing. Chris Pratt is going to be another... I don't know, James Stewart, or even Jeff Goldblum to some extent. The fact that he's just going to be Chris Pratt in every single thing he does. He's even the, it's even the same character, really, as Parks and Rec, and with a slightly bigger IQ. Yeah, I mean, he was good in Parks and Rec for, for having no IQ, but I completely get what you mean. I mean, look, he's a handsome chap. I can say that as a completely heterosexual male. He's a good-looking bloke, but he doesn't have particularly good acting chops. There doesn't have much range, is what I mean. Um, well, the thing is, is he can now really only ever do films where he plays Chris Pratt. Yes, yeah, I, which I th- might be good for him. I don't know. Yeah, well, I think it will be, but I think eventually people will get sick and tired of him. You know, I mean, if you look at someone like you know Daniel Radcliffe is a great example of someone who has a career defined by one character mm. and has done everything possible to True. get out of that. Like, if you look at the range of films he's done. I've still not watched Swiss Army Man, but I do want to see it. Um, but, you know, he's gone against that character as much as he possibly can to get out of it. Whilst yeah. Chris Pratt, instead, he's like this magnetised to these particular kinds of roles. Um, I just don't... I think he needs to do something sooner rather than later um, to change his scope. He can't rely on Marvel and Lego films for the rest of his career. Maybe he can. Um, by the way, Lego Movie 2 looks shit. Um, <laughs> right, so... They convince him to go with them, not very well, but he does anyway. And it turns out, surprise, surprise, <laughs> as Cilla Black would say, even <laughs> even if she wasn't a zombie, um, that uh, you know it was a trap. You know, all they need was General Akbar to remind them that it was going to be a trap, <laughs> and, you know, and uh, they get sabotaged on the island. So, so basically, Chris Pratt's there to get the Velociraptor. He does that. Um, then it turns out that they were going to try and tranquilise dinosaurs to take him away. They were, had no interest in, in him helping and they just needed him to find the dinosaur in the first place. This leads to the most ludicrous scene or <laughs> sequence even I've seen in a Hollywood film for a long time. And I include <laughs> the last three Fast and Furious films, which uh... that is their raison d'etre. <laughs> is that they are fucking ludicrous, right? right. Absolutely I'm, ludicrous. I'm interested to know what scene you're on about now. Well, it's the whole thing after after they turn the, the Velociraptor and the, the island starts to explode. Oh. Because they tranquilise Chris Pratt, right? And he suddenly awakes for no apparent reason just before mm-hmm. the lava touches him. Now, there is no way that lava was not going to touch him, right? In the speed he was moving at. And he does this really good comedy scene where he's partially paralysed by this tranquilizer. <laughs> it's Andy from Barton Leg. <laughs> it is. But it's, so it's like, do you know what it reminded me of? Like, have you ever played those games where you play like a ragdoll character and you yeah. fall yourself down a flight of stairs? Yeah. It was like that. It was this yeah. really ridiculous over-the-top movement to get himself away from lava. Now, it's obviously clear that there is no lava. One health and safety. Two, Volcano wasn't actually there. It was a film set. But three, because obviously, um, you know, it just wasn't there. It would have touched him. So, they obviously make it look as much as possible like it's going to touch him. But it really incredibly slows down just as it's about to reach him. 
so he's got enough time to scarper. Like it's flowing, flowing, flowing. And just as it's about to reach him, all of a sudden it almost grinds to a slow halt. Enough for him to move away from it. And then you're left with this long sequence where he's trying to run away from the lava. Claire and her colleague, who is pretty annoying, actually. <laughs> Did you know what it reminded me of, right? That, that that scene where they're all running. Yeah. It was like a really, really shit version of Raiders of the Lost Ark at the beginning. Yes. Jock, start the plane! Start the plane, Jock! <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it was awful. And they get into the gyrosphere because uh, I yeah. think Matchbox wanted to make some die-cast toys. So mm. they had to include that in the film. Um, but also as a throwback to Jurassic World, so that's fine. Um, so, so Claire and her annoying IT buddy get in, in one of those <laughs> and kind of roll down the hill. Uh, Chris Pratt just runns, and amazingly, <laughs> he's like fasten Usain Bolt. Incredible. For like two miles. Uh, just doesn't stop once. You know, incredible level of fitness. Um, and, you know, they make this miraculous escape um, they get on the boat, they sneak onto the boat as it's pulling away um, and some of the dinosaurs are left there and I've actually had people turn around and say they cried at that scene. Now, it's quite yeah. sad. It is quite sad. I don't, and I get quite emotional at films anyway, but I didn't actually get that sad. I don't know why. But it was quite a sad shot. But I, I didn't. It didn't get me in the feels as I think it, it might get you. So that might be a redeeming quality of it. But well, that whole of, sequence is ridiculous. One of my friends said his girlfriend did have a tear. Okay. And I, I generally thought that actually the graphics for that scene weren't as good as the graphics in the rest of the film. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It's almost it like. Look- it, yeah, might be rushed into post or something. Maybe I mean, it was. Yeah, I've actually forgotten as well. At one point, they all end up underwater, and the only way for them to escape is for Chris Pratt to fire a gun. Now, how the fuck does a gun work underwater? Well, Chris Pratt can make it happen. <laughs> That's all we know about reality. It's in this world you can fire a gun underwater, no problem at all. Now, I when I was in Hawaii. The scene where they wash up yep. on the beach, I saw them filming that scene. Right. And the people that were there, the security, were saying, oh, yeah, this is the finale of the film. This is where it all finishes. I'm thinking, really? You know, these two plus a weird geek with glasses. Um, but the other thing that was quite interesting when I was watching the film, the bit where they're assembling to get onto the boat, mm-hmm. was there was several of the, you know, the... Um, green and yellow like longer uh, SUVs that they're in in Jurassic Park when the T-Rex attacks yes there was a couple of them all crashed up and burnt and like with like dinosaur marks on them Hmm. but in the film I didn't remember seeing those vehicles that's interesting but they were using them and they were filming them because I watched them do it um, while they were doing that sort of uh, a lot quick the volcanoes erupt and let's all get together before we get on the boat that bit hmm. it'll be interesting when you never watch it again um, to see if you spot it <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but if you do it's something to watch out for I suppose I think when you when you do go and see a film for the first time you kind of really focus on what's going on you don't do you know, necessarily look do you in the background the really annoying thing was was you know no, the I container oh sorry 
No, you know the container that the T-Rex was in? Yes. That container, I'm just looking through my photos now, was right next to where the portaloos were. And I walked past it and I never looked inside. And now I'm thinking, did they build an animatronic T-Rex? Well, apparently, yes, they did. Oh, man. That's what I've heard. But, I mean, the thing is, there's no telling that they use the same... uh, the same container to film that in because I imagine they'd have had to make the container a bit bigger so I don't think you'd have seen a dinosaur is what I'm saying I'm no. saying that just to, to just to make you happy of course it was there I, um, I do I do have a public service announcement about a dinosaur but I can leave it till the end of the show if you like but, well that's fine but I do want to hear it okay yeah so uh, they go back to America and what's interesting is that this house, I mean, it was a big house that this, mm. this old guy lived in, right? But it was so big that they could hold all the dinosaurs there mm. without anyone knowing. So just when you thought it was big, it was bigger than that. Um, so you end up in this mansion, um, and it turns out that Rafe Spall and another um, evil person for hire in uh, Toby Stevens I think is his name oh god doing his best Trump impression now I don't know what it is but I don't like him like he's a good actor ish Mm. but I think he's got such a weird look I like he's it just creeps me out I don't know why I think it's because he's too thin to be that short right okay that could be it (laughs) <laughs> he's got a weird he's just got a weird look to him he's got a weird face as well which is good for character acting to be fair um, but but there's that so it turns out that uh, this, this Trump-alike and Rafe Spall uh, are, are basically auctioning off the dinosaurs to people with loads of money mm. that's that's really what it comes down to yeah um, and also uh in this mansion is uh, I can't remember what his name is but uh, B.D. Wong's character the uh, the scientist that's been in the Jurassic Park series since the beginning oh Doctor is it Doctor Wu or I am I making that is, up? No, I think it is Doctor Wu <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> which Doctor is he the, 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 the 14th Doctor the, the, the Chinese Doctor Who Doctor Chinese. Wu <laughs> nah, if we're going to go to hell we might as well go down in flames um <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's there, still splicing together dinosaur DNA when he shouldn't be. Yeah, he's still hasn't uh, learned his lesson, has he? Oh, and it, right. So here's another here's another great thing about this film is um, they shoot they shoot Blue the Velociraptor. Now that's the famous Velociraptor that everybody knows the name of, including the characters that have never seen this dinosaur before. Mm. Um, but they refer to him as Blue. Um, he's shot when they try and tranquilize him because the tranquilizers weren't working quickly enough, and he was killing them. Um, so they shot him and he was dying so they had to give him a blood transfusion using a T-Rex <laughs> um, which I mean is a premise so stupid I don't think it's been done since they did the, the open heart surgery to King Kong in 1987's classic Linda Hamilton starring King Kong Lives one of my all time faves um, <laughs> Sorry, when I when I say all time phase, one of my all time earliest film memories, um, <laughs> in King Kong Lives. So that's that's pretty stupid, uh, but that happens. Um, and then they're doing this this auction thing for the dinosaurs. Um, at this time, 
Uh, Chris Pratt's been found. Uh, Claire's been found. They're locked away uh, in the basement of of this of this mansion, and uh, they're trying to escape while this auction's going off. There's also a, a girl involved. <laughs> She's uh, the granddaughter of uh, John Hammond's partner. I don't even remember what his character's what, name was. Wouldn't that have it. made more sense if she was... Alright, I know she had to be what she was to put the twist to make it tie up at the end, but it was such a stupid thing. Yeah. Uh, but wouldn't it have been better if she was like Lexi's daughter? Yes. Yeah. It would have made more sense if there was a proper connection somewhere. To John Hammond, yeah. Yeah, other than it just being completely random. Just made... Mm. It didn't make no sense, but it was just odd. So you see this 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 girl a few times. She's a young girl, uh, quite secretly runs away quite a lot. Um, she knows what's going on, but she's not happy about it. She can't do anything because she's only about ten years old or something. Um. Anyway, uh, they eventually get a dinosaur to break them out using some tricks of the trade, or the dinosaur's head to break through a brick wall. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, you know what? I, 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 I'm actually hating the film the more I talk about it. <laughs> you sound like you hate it more than me. Yeah, I, I like this film when I come out, and the more I think about it, the more ludicrous I think it was. I think... So before we, we carry on slagging it off, I think it's a decent summer blockbuster in mm. that kind of, you know, it's a bit fluffy for two hours. It'll keep you entertained. But I think when you think about it a bit more, you realise just how ludicrous the whole thing is. Um, it's the anti-solo in that regard. <laughs> that film is so much better than it had any right to be, and no one's seen it. And I guarantee more people see this bloody film, and <laughs> it's got so many more flaws. Um, I don't just mean in the mansion. So um, anyway, they escape. Uh, they try and uh, end the auction, and it, you know, as is Jurassic Park, you know, things start going haywire and um, and stuff. Uh, the new dinosaur that's been created, which is called Indominus. Oh, do you think he saw us? I don't yeah. know. Indominus something. Anyway, it's not Indominus Rex. It's it's like another. That. It's the hardest, meanest, most ferocious dinosaur that's ever lived but guess what it's going to get mullered any minute now Mike Tysonsaurus that's the one yeah so Mike Tysonsaurus is there and he's a bit of an evil bastard but um, Ralph Spall kills John Hammond's partner because he finds out what he's actually doing in his own mansion by the way Um, so he stuffs him with a pillow smothers him with a pillow not actually stuffs him with a pillow Cromwell right yeah. He does. His name is Cromwell, isn't it? James Cromwell, yeah. James Cromwell, right? His accent is terrible in that film, and his first ever film that he was in was Murder by Death. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No. It's like a shit version of Clue. Right. And he plays like Hercule Poirot's butler in that film. Right. And he has to do a French accent all the way through. Oh, okay. And that was his first film in 1970. Whatever. He still hasn't got better accents. That's all I'm saying. I, I remember him being passable in Babe. And I've not seen that film in about 25 years. So. Yeah, but I don't suppose he needs an accent in that film, does he? I just remember him saying, that'll do, pick. And I don't think he did have an accent, no. <laughs> um, right, so, yeah, so Ralph Spall offers, off, offs him. And then it, it turns out, and this is the twist, people, mm. that the little girl, because there was a, there was a picture of her and her mum 
wasn't there? there I have a question about that picture. Say. Okay, I probably can't answer it, but we'll go for it. Why? Why in that picture was the girl that died the girl from House of Cards on Netflix? Maybe we'll find out in Jurassic Park for uh, Jurassic World three. Because it was her, wasn't it? I don't know. It bloody I looked like know. her. It could have been. It could have been. Um, normally, if that was the case, that they'll mean you know, if it's someone a little bit high profile, it's normally because they'll they'll do something with that in a future film. That's how I tend to find it. Um, but she finds out that when she looks at this photo of her mum that was you know at least ten years old at this point that she's the same age in that photo because dun 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 she's also a clone just like the dinosaurs and the reason that Hammond and James Cromwell's character fed out is because he started using this technology to clone humans and Hammond found that to be immoral having no problem at all with doing that with dinosaurs but Mm. humans big no no so um, so that's, that's that's your twist that's your twist um, so uh, in, in you know dinosaurs start running wild uh, as they do in a Jurassic Park film people start getting eaten uh, as you expect and I think this is the problem you said this a little bit earlier mm. about people when they when this film comes out if it's going to be successful or not, or not is how many times can you do this mm. how many times can you go back to the world doing the exact same thing you know well a, I I said to my mate that's, that saw it on opening night because he loves Jurassic Park I said to him how can they keep doing this and he said well Jurassic World 3 will mean Jurassic World as in the dinosaurs are now everywhere yeah now that is why this is the redeeming factor of the film okay so um, nearly like towards the end of the film because that's where it's kind of coming to and where we're also coming to as well there's some kind of gas leak in 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 the basement of um, of this mansion where all the dinosaurs are being kept, and basically the dinosaurs are gonna die. So it's the exact same scenarios at the beginning of the film, but now they have the power to press a button to release the dinosaurs so they can escape, or <laughs> they can watch them all die in agony. Now, what's great about this sequence? is Claire, the dinosaur activist who wanted to save the dinosaurs from the island from the volcano mm. then decides, you know what maybe we should let them die so once again, you know what, she is this film's equivalent of mm. Mm. hello Jonesy oh I'm a bad guy now Jonesy <laughs> and I, no, I'm a good guy again now Jonesy here's the latest odds so she is this film's version of uh, of that character from uh, Indiana Jones, played by Ray Winston, uh, she just flip flops. She's she's not a baddie, but just 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 her her moral compass. Her moral compass is like a compass in a film, like Pirates of the Caribbean, where they get into that bit of the sea when the magnet the, the compass starts going haywire and spinning round frantically, not knowing where it is. That is her moral compass the whole way through this film. Doesn't know what it wants to be left or right. So. In the end, the decision is made by the clone girl to release the dinosaurs and let them live. And of course, they're only in a walled com- uh, compound, so they run away. But there is a problem with that. Mm-hmm. In theory, they're all female. Yes. 
which is what Jurassic Park taught us. Yes. And if Jurassic World is the sequel, is the sequel theme part to Jurassic Park, Jurassic World are not going to take any chances with this frog DNA. So they're going to take that out of the chain when they make their new dinosaurs. So of course they're going to make just female dinosaurs. Well, and that's... most of them are just in bloody ones. Yes. So unless you're going to get a load of bloody hybrids, which I think is exactly what's going with to a happen. load of lesbian dinosaurs, it ain't going to happen, is it? Fly away, lesbian dinosaurs. <laughs> One of uh, Engelbert Humperdinck's greatest songs <laughs> from the villain, uh, from the uh, the Beavis and Butthead soundtrack. Check it out. Um, it's, a, it's a real song. Um, what? Yeah. Well, lesbian really? seagulls, lesbian seagulls, but you know, Engelbert Humperdinck. Yeah. Fly away, lesbian seagulls. It's on the Beavis and Butthead Do America soundtrack. It's great all right, song. I'll check that out. Please do, and all our listeners as well. Um, so. Yeah, so dinosaurs run wild. Now, this is the point, so that, and that's the end of the film, basically. Well, actually, the end of the film, really, well, is Jeff Goldblum coming back out for no apparent reason. No apparent reason, yeah. But to make sure he had his two minutes of screen time. Because, you know, when I said he's been on for two minutes, people are going to watch this film and go, hang on a second, he's only been on for like 45 seconds. That's because he's on at the end as well. Two minutes of screen <laughs> time. Um, so at that point of the film, the dinosaurs are starting to integrate with society and that's what you see in the trailers for Jurassic World or the later trailers that's what I mean by that spoils the film Um, now what I liked about the ending is Mm -hmm. that and just like your your, your friend said when he talked to you about it is the dinosaurs are now out in the open now why I like that is because every Jurassic World film or Jurassic Park film has been set on an island with the exception of Jurassic you know uh, the Lost World Jurassic Park when the something mm. that was sent on land as well but mm. this is the first time that you know all the dinosaurs en masse are now on you know on land in America able dun, to dun, 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 dun. dinosaurs are loose <laughs> and to me this is what the franchise needed because how many times can you go back to an island where there's dinosaurs? Well, exactly. It was getting tiresome going back to the world too many times. And what I do like about this or what I hope they're going to do with this is we'll see what we saw with like the Planet of the Apes series of films, like that last trilogy of films. Because I really like those Planet of the Apes films. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I think you're now we're now going to be like where the dinosaurs are, you know, because they are strong and, and powerful. But as you say, the problem is at this moment there's only twelve dinosaurs or whatever, fifteen dinosaurs. I lost count. But there's not hundreds of dinosaurs. No, but I bet you life by Jurassic World three they've overrun the whole bloody world. Exactly. Um, but there was something I was going to say. My friend, who's a big Marvel fan as well the same guy he stayed until the end of the credits yes expecting there to be an after credits sequence and there was which is I left because there's never been one before yeah well exactly I left I was too angry Um, (laughs) and uh, he says there was one and it just shows you some uh, what are they called Uh, pterodons you know yeah yeah flying majestically over this big forest or something so well, That's apparently, it. apparently, what it was was they were flying. Unless they've changed it, which is possible because they do do this. But the scene that I got told about was they were flying over the Eiffel Tower, oh. and then the camera panned back, and it was the Eiffel Tower 
at the Paris Hotel in Las Vegas. Really? <laughs> yes. Because obviously the dinosaurs wouldn't have got to Paris, France that quickly. But they would have got to Vegas. Yeah, but hang on a minute. This is in London now, isn't it? Or is it not in London? No, it was America. <laughs> no, it was oh, America. okay. Yeah, so no, it's it filmed America. in London. It's not London. It's America somewhere. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Right. So, right. yes, I know. It's, it, it's, it's America. I will also say, I did think the scene of the, the T-Rex roaring at the line a bit shitty. Oh, yeah. Just a bit cheesy. Yeah. Um, Can I also mention the the most one-dimensional villain or sub-villain that has ever been on film, apart from the Driscoll brothers in Only Fools and Horses? <laughs> and that is Buffalo Bill. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and also, what was he thinking about collecting teeth? I don't know. But he was terrible, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was also terrible in the Wild Wild West. He has a habit of just being a really shitty character actor in really shitty films, to be honest. Is he the one that's in um, Monk? Yes. Oh, God. Now, I don't remember him being in Monk, so I've, I haven't watched Monk in a long time, but yes, apparently it was him. Um, Ted Ted Levine, I think is his name. Um, so, I'm really mixed about this film, if you hadn't already gathered. I came out really liking it, but the more I talk about it, the more I think about it, the more I've got problems with it. And the only thing that gives me hope is that the next film is not going to be the same as anything that's come before it, which is exactly what it needed. It did need to break away from that formula, and I think that they did it in, in, a, in a way that they could prolong it. Um, at, you know, The only thing we've got now is what they do. If the dinosaurs can't procreate, how are they going to be more dinosaurs? And there needs to be more dinosaurs, or else it's not going to work. Um, is someone going to steal the technology and create their own dinosaurs? I don't know. But they need to do something, because the, the amount of dinosaurs that escaped in this film is not enough. The problem is, you know, the, the, you know, like, in the original Jurassic Park, much like with Jaws, with Spielberg, is the most terrifying thing of the actual film is the actual monster, if you like. Mm-hmm. And with this now, because it's literally jumped the shark so much, none of these dinosaurs are actually that terrifying, are they? <sighs> the bits that are terrifying, like, for example, when the little girl goes down that corridor and then these horrible, big, nailed, gnarly hands start coming out of the shadows. Do you see what I mean? That's quite terrifying. Well, a bit when she's the hiding suspense. under the beds. Uh, she's hiding under the covers of the in the bedroom, and the dinosaur yes. comes in. And it's prowling round that tower. I, you know what I think the problem is. Like you watched Jurassic Park in the other week. Did you find it scary? Yeah. Well, as much as a grown adult can find something scary, yes. But that's the problem. I mean, the first. Like, Firstly, when you saw the, the Jurassic Park in the cinema, you say, one, you were 10, uh, and secondly, you know, you'd never seen the film before. But when you've seen a film, no matter how much you like it or anything like that, it will never scare you as much as it did that first time. Even like a horror film that really, you know, does put the, the willies up you, pun intended. Um, 
<laughs> you know, the first time is always the most effective time. Every time after that, you get a bit more desensitized. Mm. And so, for me, like I don't watch Jurassic Park now and get frightened at all because I know exactly what's coming all the time. So I don't, I don't fear for anything. I don't get scared about the tension because I, I know the beats. I've seen it too many times. And so I think if we look at it at, you know, from the the point of view of kids of of a similar age watching it. It might be as terrifying, if not more terrifying, because I mean that bit there when she's hiding under the bed and the dinosaur's right creeping over her, that is quite a, a, a terrifying shot. Um, I mean, there were quite a few kids in the viewing that I saw in you know in the cinema. Mm. Um, you know, I I didn't. You know, they all were all hopping and skipping out of there. They didn't appear to be overly terrified. Mm. And yeah, I, I I thought this. I actually think Jurassic World as well probably had that bit more of a fear factor than the pre some of the previous Jurassic Park films did. They tried to push it a little bit more, be a you know a bit more blood, um, just a a bit more um, shocking. Like you know things would happen a bit more like a jump scare than you would do in you know Jurassic Park. You know the T Rex, you saw the T Rex approaching mm. before you saw him do anything whilst in Jurassic World 1 and 2 you get scenes where you kind of wait for something to happen but then it happens like with Rafe Spall's character mm. you think something's going to happen in a minute and then it comes out of the blue yeah you know I mean like I think they try and do the jump scare a little bit more than they did in the previous films so I think in some ways it probably is a bit more scary but at the same time we're looking at it with different a different viewpoint different eyes it's like people people like 30, 40 year olds complaining about Star Wars and how it doesn't have the magic of the originals. Well, when you first saw those films, you were like little kids. I, I do semi-agree with you. But the only thing is, I mean, I know it's a 12A, this film. I think it's darker, but I, I generally find more... I find things that are terrifying to be things that have more suspense and more of the unknown. So that hand coming out of the shadows, you can't see what it is. I found that quite terrifying. And if I look at the original Jurassic Park, that scene where the the cup of water is slowly moving and the the T-Rex is getting closer and closer as the storm gets, you know, rages around them, that's quite terrifying. The actual bit where the lawyer gets eaten and swallowed up in Jurassic Park, that's not the that's that you know hitchcock would would often say that if you film two actors on a bus and you say that one actor's got a bomb and then the bomb goes off well that's pretty boring that's not very scary but if you say the bomb's going to go off in five minutes time and you've got five minutes to defuse it but you don't know where it is then you've got five minutes of terror Mm. so i think that the suspense element i think and the unknown element which they can't really get around to a degree I think is missing in this film. Mm. I think it was missing in the one before as well. Yeah, and no, I know I know you mean because you know I think these both of these films have been more gory mm. than the original films. I mean, even like when you know when someone gets eaten by a dinosaur, they get eaten by a dinosaur. Yeah, you know you you see them getting chomped about, um, you know body parts that kind of thing. You didn't really get too much, you know. The, the worst you got in Jurassic Park One was someone getting swallowed by a T Rex. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, like, for example, go back to Jaws, when Quint gets eaten by the shark, that's really graphic, isn't Spoiler it? Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it is, yeah. Are any of the deaths in this film that graphic? Um... Yeah, I think I think the one with the the one that springs to mind was when that the the hunter gets in with the Indominus whatever this dinosaur is called this this hybrid dinosaur, and uh, you know you can see him kind of wink at the camera almost as he's playing possum, and he he, he makes quite a grisly end. He, he should have. I mean, I mean, all they could have done really was just put a red Star Trek uniform on him. Because <laughs> you just knew what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, and, and and that's the thing. Like, I think it was gory, but you you the suspense wasn't there. Um, yeah, with Jaws, you got to remember as well. Like, Jaws was a fifteen. Well, he's, he's still a fifteen. Like, he's Is a, it? a more gory. Yeah, it's still a more gory film. It might well, it might have been declassified as twelve actually. Now that that exists, but um, I mean, I know originally when I was growing up, it was a fifteen. So it's mm. always been a, a harder kind of film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, Jaws, Jaws is, uh, I, I'd say, a bit more visceral in that effect. But mm. I, do, I, mean, I do think these feel like these these last two films have upped the gore compared to what we're used to in these Jurassic Park films. But I don't think the tension has gone with it. And yeah. that's it. It's that it's that balance, you know. Sometimes, and as you said, the the whole thing with Jaws is that you you were waiting to see him. You didn't see him. Yeah, uh, it was an anticipation. You saw the fin. Uh, you saw someone getting dragged under the water, but you didn't see him until much later in the film. Whilst these films are about dinosaurs, if you don't see a dinosaur for more than about twenty minutes. You're going to mm. be kicking off. Um, <laughs> because that's I think it. that's that is such a modern thing, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're probably right. Um, but it's also what you've become accustomed to. The thing is, like, if they did, there's a, there's a bit in the in Jurassic World where I think it's the Indominus Rex. Yeah, no, it is. They were trying to hunt down the Indominus Rex, and mm. it pulled out its tracker. So they didn't know where it was. They thought they knew where it was, and all they found was a tracker because it had pulled out the tracker. Yeah, and they're in this jungle, and they're not sure where it could possibly be, and it can change colour, it can camouflage its skin. Mm. So you suddenly see it appear from these leaves, where it's turned this dark green, and it starts mauling all of the people. Now at that point, you were like, right, what's going to happen? You can't see the dinosaur. You assume it's around somewhere. Then the blood starts dripping from a tree, so you know it's near, but you can't see it. And it's that anticipation they're waiting. Where's it going to come from? Where's it going to come from? And then it strikes. And it's that anticipational build-up. You don't really get that too much in this film at all. No. And I think that's what, you, that's what you're kind of getting at that's lacking. I mean, it is. I would say it is an action film, isn't it? Let's be honest. It is a... If you're going to say a genre, you could say adventure. Mm. But it is really... It's an action film, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the thing is, like, as much as I've sat here and picked it apart, and I know, you know, I, I don't feel as bad as you do on the film, actually, overall, but I, it definitely does have, have its flaws. But it's a, a decent popcorn film. And the only thing that I'll accept this as being as, you know, kind of mediocre as it is, is that Jurassic World 3 is going to knock it out of the park. And so you've got that transitional film where you go, right, this is what you're used to. We're taking that away and we're moving it over here. And now moving it over here means that you're now going to get a completely different film once this film ends. Yeah. 
because it one by putting it where they have and making that situation happen they have to make it a different type of film because you know they can't have another they're stuck on an island they've got to escape well the island is completely ruined now isn't it yeah but what i mean is that you know they can't they can't have all the dinosaurs land on you know the republic of ireland for example <laughs> or something do you know what i mean like they've now got to you know america's a big country and this is where the dinosaurs are so now they've got to do something with that now it'll be interesting to see what they do um and so i'm really hoping they kind of go down some kind of planet of the apes type of thing where the dinosaurs become such a problem in society that it does cause catastrophic after effects and so you're left with a team of you know you're left with you know x amount of, of humans that are still trying to fight against these dinosaurs but then the, the counter argument to that is with the weapons that we now have in our world would a dinosaur attack really be that much of a problem I mean, to be honest with you, if they if they came to this country, what would we do? Shake our wheelie bins at them? Well, I mean, they're in America. I mean, what, how many guns are there? Well, exactly. I mean, it, it, Jurassic World Three could be five minutes long, um, including <laughs> including both lots of credits. Um, All fourteen dinosaurs get killed in the first five minutes if they by come a, over, a small hunting party. If they come over to England, we do have Boris Johnson's water cannons that we can't use. Oh, Maybe yeah. we'll finally be able to get to use those. Um, yeah. But no, I, that's it. I mean, I, I said I, I really hope this is a transitional film, and uh, we've had to go through this kind of pain to get to a decent third film. Because I still, one Universal needs to have a franchise that doesn't yeah. involve cars. True. Um, and secondly, like it's a franchise that's been going since nineteen ninety three. It, it can't be the same every time, but I don't want it to turn into a shit show. And so I think they've had to do something to shake it up. And I, I really hope that, you know, they've got some really good ideas behind them. I'd like to think of Universal investing all this money and time into these films. They've really got a good idea. And it's taking that really crappy Jurassic Park 4 abandoned idea that's kind of been hinted at here and actually do something decent with it. Because to be honest, when I heard weaponized dinosaurs, I thought it was going to be like uh, Cadillacs and dinosaurs, where the dinosaurs had like missile launchers like strapped to their backs and stuff like that. I'm glad that's not the route they're going down. But I'd like to see what they do. I, I, I am interested in what they do next. Well, I mean, we're optimists, because I think we would say that we assume this was a stepping stone, which is what some people have said, to a much better story for Jurassic World 3. But that could just be marketing bump, couldn't it? It could be. It could I mean, be. they did promise us the world with uh, the Dark Universe, and that was ruined by Tom Cruise. Well, Jurassic World 3 is happening. That, yeah. that is definitely happening. What if this flops, though? It, they're going to have to do it. Yeah. And also as well, I think uh, I think it's opening weekend globally it did 150 million. I think that was the number I saw mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. markets it opened, which was decent. It had a decent opening in the UK, um, so I think it's I think it's done enough, regardless before it's even opened America for them to go. It's worthwhile continuing. You know, I don't know what the Mummy did in total, but I think the Mummy did that something similar to that globally. 
Right, you know, okay. Like, it wasn't huge money. And, you know, Jurassic World would have cost a lot, uh, uh, had a much bigger budget than The Mummy would have done. But I think, we, you know, even if this film only does 150 million in America, I don't think it will do that. I think it will do more than that still. But um, even if it did that, they would push through with the third film. Yeah, sort of double down sort of thing. I mean, if you've seen the second one, you probably see the third one. And if they change the marketing a bit, I mean, maybe they learn their lessons, you know, and, and perhaps they have more of the Jeff in it. Well, I mean, that's it. I mean, what that what Jurassic World three needs for me to to definitely be their opening day is uh, at least forty minutes more of Jeff Goldblum, and I will be there. Yeah. Even if the trailers look crap, I will be there. So. So that's it. So, you know, all of this we've, we've talked about it for longer than I even expected us to, um, and that's my apologies for waffling on. Um, but with what we've said, do you would you still, if somebody wanted to go and see like a, a summer blockbuster, they just wanted to go and see something for two hours to keep themselves entertained, would you say they should go and see this film? I, I would do. Um, I think the problem that I had was maybe my expectations were slightly higher than they should have been. Um, but I mean, the the sort of twelve year old in me, who's a massive Jurassic Park fan, would adore this film, mm. and it is an action film. And I think if you go in knowing that and assuming that, and don't think that Jeff Goldblum's in it all the way through, and and I mean the other thing which is a bit annoying was they kind of did play on the, the the fact in the trailers that there was like the big fish dinosaur stalking those surfers as if that was going to be a, a big storyline but do you see what I mean that that is that ruins the ending of the film that's the yeah. ending of the film in the trailer in the trailer it shouldn't be there no because it like like be you I was like oh so I, I, I mean the thing is the, the twist at the end of the dinosaurs running loose wasn't that big of a surprise mm. but I didn't think that's how it was going to end I just assumed that you know some of somehow escaped off the island before and managed to get an uber all the way to mainland well this is it i i someone uh well my friend again he told me that there's this scene that really makes you get upset and his his girlfriend had a tear that was the the brontosaurus thing on the dock as it's as it's getting engulfed in ashes what actually uh i thought he assumed was at the end would be where all the dinosaurs die from that gas thing yeah but no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, exactly. No, that's it. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, even though I've managed to try and shit on it for an hour, just because I thought you hated it so much, I agree <laughs> with, with you. I think if your expectations... And, and also, as well, to be to be honest, my expectations weren't great going in. So I, I wanted to have an entertaining two hours that wasn't going to hurt my head too much. And I pretty much got that. You know, it's not going to win any Academy Awards for its story or its direction, well, it's definitely not it's acting. Um, but I think if you want to go and, you know, if you want to kill two hours this summer and you've seen The Incredibles or, you know, Ant-Man or whatever else is coming out at similar times and you think, and you don't want to give J.J. Abrams your money, um, then I think you, you can do no worse than see this. At the very least, you're going to be a bit angry with it. At the best, you'll go, no, you know what? It's entertaining and I want to see Jurassic World 3. Um, I generally think a lot of these films get rushed into production too fast because 
if you take the Bond films, for example, the best Bond films are the ones that took a long time to be made, like Skyfall, Casino Royale. The shit ones are like Quantum of Solace, Spectre, where they've been sort of rushed into production. So I'm just thinking it, I'm just yeah, completely just going off topic. But I think this film was probably rushed, and I think the storyline felt to me like it was an early draft and could have been a little bit more honed, a little bit, make a little bit more sense to people. I just can't get over you just shat all over Quantum of Solace. Everyone's favourite Bond film. How dare you? (laughs) How is that anyone's favourite Bond film? You know what? I'm sure it is somebody's favourite Bond film. Daniel Craig had to direct the the last act of that film himself. Oh, God. I mean, it it must be someone's favourite Bond film, but that's clearly someone I don't want to be friends with. Um, Right, well, that's it. I think that wraps it up. The only thing before we go is you did have a PSA. Oh, yeah. So, um, yesterday... um, uh, one of my colleagues at Halloween Horror Nights Unofficial uh, did a, a, a meme of uh, did you know that the turret, t- the um, Triceratops from the original Jurassic Park, the one that's laying down that's ill, mm. uh, that prop was destroyed by Universal Orlando because they wanted to use bits of it in a haunted house for Halloween Horror Nights. Oh that was the God. did you know sort of thing. Right. So of course you put that out, loads of likes, loads of uh, shares blah 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 and then a few people have written in and said oh well, by the way there's a documentary called The Art of the Scare where they clearly say that that is not the Triceratops from Jurassic Park 1 it is the Triceratops from Jurassic Park 2 well I just wanted to say to everybody that has messaged me in just, you know, just to inform me on that information it isn't it is Jurassic Park 1 because I actually spoke to the guy who actually ripped the bloody thing up and also, so, I mean, I've not seen... I don't think I've actually seen it all the way through, actually, Jurassic Park 2. No, I definitely haven't. I don't remember seeing the Triceratops in it, so... No, I don't. The only Triceratops I remember seeing in any Jurassic Park film was the first one, like a proper Triceratops, and it died. Well, exactly. What what used to happen, I don't think it happens so much anymore, but Universal Pictures, so not Universal Studios, Universal Pictures, would send props to Orlando to have them in the park to generate interest to market the films so like Jurassic Park for example the, the Boneyard didn't they exactly the yeah. Boneyard so Jurassic so Universal Pictures would send that to Orlando for the tourists and then because Pictures is nothing to do with the theme parks the theme parks would then say to Pictures well, what would you want to do with these props they'll say well just keep them so Universal would be like well we don't really want them okay well we'll just get rid of them then so Lots and lots of props, so from many, many iconic films, were sent to Orlando and never got sent back, and were either scrapped or rehashed into Halloween Horror Nights houses. So, there's that. <laughs> so what you're saying is, is this year at Halloween Horror Nights, there might be a house that has the Flintstone car from the 1994 live-action film. It's funny you should mention, because I don't know if you've probably read that, but the Flintstones no. movie was one movie that loads of props went there and they were all reused for a scare zone and then they were all destroyed I, I honestly did not know that I mean I know that uh, someone, well, someone has told me that they used to have some of the vehicles in the boneyard so I never saw the boneyard I think it was they'd stopped they closed the boneyard by the first time I, I ever went to Universal um, but I know Weird. that they had some of the vehicles there yeah Weirdly, those vehicles actually did go back to Hollywood because they are now on the Hollywood tram tour. Ooh. So they they are an example actually of where they actually did go back, but mm. only because they needed them in Hollywood for their tram tour. Because there's a part of the tram tour where they've got these animatronic spitting dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and they use them in in that bit. 
Right, okay. So they actually had a use for him in Hollywood. But no, it's funny you should say Flintstones because literally that was one of the biggest shockers because the original Flintstones movie from the 90s, um, there was a scare zone that was the same year, I think, as the Jurassic Park house uh, where they had these like uh, savage cavemen, cavewomen sort of characters in this scare zone. Uh, all the props were all ripped up to make uh, sets for that scare zone. Well, hang on. There was a Jurassic Park Halloween Horror House. Yeah. You know what? Cool. No, no, you know what? This is too good for this episode. And it's <laughs> and it's run long anyway. So the next episode the next proper episode of Universal After Dark, where we're talking Halloween Horror Night tickets, we need to talk about the Jurassic Park scare zone. Well, I, I, and I House. don't know why they haven't done it since. It was really popular. I'm not surprised. Well, now that that's almost a better cliffhanger than you get in this film. Right there. I'll give you another cliffhanger quickly. Go on. With Jurassic Park or Jurassic World franchise seemingly coming to an end now, Fast and Furious, they can't keep spitting them out anymore. Dark Universe is dead. Could the next franchise they reimagine be Jaws? Well, that that is a bombshell. <laughs> if nothing else, that is a bombshell. Because you've got Meg coming out this year. That is true. And if that does any business, which you probably will because it's heavily going to be marketed towards the Asian markets... Is that the, um, is that a Universal release or is it Warner Brothers? Uh, I think it's Warner Brothers, but it's it's backed basically by companies linked to the Chinese um, government. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to be massive in in Asia. I mean, it's, it's literally going to be massive anyway. It's a megalodon. But um... <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, if those graphics are shit, I'm not watching it. It's got safe in it. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> It's got the staff in. I'll give it a watch <laughs> if it's on telly. Right on that huge bombshell, we will see you back with Amanda for another Universal After Dark next week. Yes. Hello there, dear listener. Now, have you ever listened to a podcast and thought, oh, "I'd really like to support those guys, but I just don't know how to do it"? <laughs> well, then you're in luck. There are now two ways for you to be able to support us. The first is by going to our Spreadshirt page at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash After Dark Network. Here you can pick up t-shirts for all of the podcasts that we do. The other way is by visiting us at patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash disafterdark. Any money raised by buying some merchandise or pledging your support on Patreon means that we can keep producing more content for the After Dark Network. On behalf of the other After Dark Podcast Network hosts, we thank you for listening to this episode, we hope you enjoyed it, and thank you for your continued support. Dark Podcast Network. Oh.